Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Tammy. And I'm Will. And and we have a very special guest who, for this um, return guest, I'm going to go back to our alliterative introductions for old times. So we have, as a guest, the charismatic Christine. Woo! Yay! Oh, I got charismatic! Yeah. <laughs> Welcome it back. Could have been something worse. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's great to be back. That's all right. When were you last on? Was it Daredevil season two? Were you on for Daredevil uh, season two? I can't remember. Might have. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. It was a lot. It might have even been Jessica Jones season one, maybe. Oh, it could have been. Yeah. I can't remember. It's been a long time. Because I think I've been on twice, but I think that's. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. And we haven't recorded together for a while because. Um, the last time I think we recorded together was uh, an episode of your podcast, um, The Other Murdoch mm-hmm. Papers, which everyone should listen to, um, when we discussed the trailer for season two of Daredevil. So that's yes. probably the last time we recorded together, so it was a while ago. Right, and I think that was the last time I recorded anything for the podcast, because <laughs> it's, it's usually it's just kind of an adjunct thing yeah. uh, that I record something if I have, you know, for a special location, and it's, it's always easier to do with other people, and I was doing a few episodes where it was just me talking, and it felt so weird, um, but, but yeah, so I, it's most of the blog, like the bot podcast is, is, you know, just an occasional thing. But you, um, you've been doing, like, blog posts and stuff lately, because you did yeah. a blog post, because I follow your blog, mm-hmm. um, which was all about how much you love Luke Cage season two. So yes. obviously, and Love you've it. seen the whole thing. So yeah. without spoilers, and only up to these episodes, why did you? Why do you love it? I love it because it, I think it it allows you to just like I I loved spending time with these characters, mm-hmm. and I loved. I think I mean I started watching this when I was like I was on a road trip with my mom, um, so it was for I think it premiered on like Midsummer's Eve, which is a big deal in Sweden. We were we were traveling, and then like after my mom went to sleep. I was watching the first few episodes on my phone and I found myself not being able to put it down. You're like, Oh, just one more episode. Mm -hmm. And I sneak episodes. And, um, I don't remember the last time I felt that way about like, I mean, of course the the daredevil show I've been like, you know, eating up all at once, but I couldn't this time, but it was like, I was sneaking to get to the next episode. (laughs) And it wasn't because everything was like super, you know, happening, big bombastic things. It was just like, I, I just found myself, just enjoying the time I could spend with these characters and how it unfolds kind of slowly and without giving anything away. I think it's actually a very well paced season that um, it's got enough story for 13 episodes, which not all of the seasons do. So cool. So it's, it's hard to pin down one thing. I just like enjoyed spending time in that world. Yeah. It. I, I agree with that. I think it's better paced than definitely mm-hmm. than season one with the whole yeah. weird, pacing thing you know where you have cotton mouth killed off and then you get diamond back right. and stuff you don't really have even though tammy's convinced that's going to happen in this season <laughs> um you know uh, yeah. uh also yeah, tammy like not to get yeah. too attached to bushmaster <laughs> <laughs> i will tell you tammy when i was shopping today for food i was going to send you a picture in my hands of the proof i i found that Tilda will not become a villain, which is I was holding a bag of Tilda rice and on it it just said Tilda <laughs> is genuine goodness. So there you go, Tommy. Oh. See, she's not a villain; she's genuine goodness. That's kind of great, actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will have to send a photo to you. Uh, cool. So I've only got a little bit of news this week, guys. 
Um, but the first bit is that we were sent a late email by Sedna and uh, from last week. So I'm going to read that now. Um, it's not a, it's only a couple of lines and it says, if I can open it. And there's a picture for us all. So Sedna says, by way of apology for my ignorant reading of Claire's argument, here's a placard from yesterday's protest in London. And I think you guys will enjoy this. It is kind of Luke Cage related. I'm going to put it in the chat right now and then I will read it to you. Hopefully you guys can see that. Is it in the chat? Um, There you go. It should be in the chat now. And it's a guy with a placard that says... Donald Trump, your name means fart. Stop keeping vulnerable families apart. We hope you have a change of heart. You racist, evil, bumbaclad. <laughs> I ended up Googling that, and that's not really <laughs> That's awesome, said now. Thank you. I'm going to put that in the Facebook page. That's awesome. Uh, apparently, this is like a thing that's said a lot in England. Like, everyone was like, oh, yeah, you don't know about that? And like, blood clot and bumbaclad. And I was like, no. I feel like I'm completely ignorant. I've never heard it before, but apparently it's very common. So, news for this week. Uh, Black Widow movie has finally got a director, and the director is Kate Shortland, who directed Law, which I have not seen, so I don't know her other work. But that's awesome that there is a director, and it's a female director. And, yeah, I'm excited. Um, Yeah, Looking forward to it. I hope we get lots of flashbacks of evil Winter Soldier and them on crazy missions. Or maybe uh, Black Widow and Daredevil living in uh, in San Francisco <laughs> and having wacky adventures. Yeah. That would be fun as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And having so and having the, uh... horrifically named children. Christine knows what I mean. <laughs> oh, my God. The child that shall not be named. No, no, mm. no. That entire story is just, no. Yeah. I threw it out, actually, a couple of weeks ago. It's terrible. Yeah, it, it is awful. It yeah. is like, then this, I don't care what good work you've done up until now, this is awful. Yeah. yeah. Let's not mention the war. Okay. I might I might actually get it as reading for the guys for when we do Daredevil Season 3, if a certain villain is going to appear in Daredevil Season 3. Okay, yeah. But Maybe we'll read it then. Stories. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a like a poster series to post on that particular villain. I I don't think End of Days is gonna be no, uh, no. even mentioned. It's yeah. I, I don't treat it as uh, canon at all. It's yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. So in news that will excite Tammy, Tammy, get ready for your excited voice, oh. your excited okay. reaction. Agents of Shield season six films next week. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I, I was gonna say I think it's the last, and it's I think it's shortened. Oh, is it? And I, I, and I think I'm you're gonna so like behind. do it during the summer or something. I don't know. Like oh. there's like all kinds of weird stuff with this next season, but I I think it's supposedly like the final season. Okay, I'm so behind on it. I I need to catch up at some point because you keep telling you me how good it is. It's good. Yeah. I finally, I finally watched the season finale a few weeks ago, so I was I was <laughs> saving the episode, but yeah, it was a good ending. You could tell that they were expecting it to be their final episode. Yeah, yeah, they, but they did a good job where, like, it could have been their final episode, but it's fine that they're going on, too. It's not like it's going to be, like, a a season of, oh, I guess we just need to tack on more episodes, it, you know, mm-hmm. which is good. so they could continue. Yeah. I have to admit that I dropped it after a few episodes into season one. 
and I heard it got better. It but, definitely got um, better in season yeah, one. I, I, yeah, everybody, everybody's been telling me that, but it's like it's been, it's the only Marvel property I haven't seen everything up, you know, or even like a little, I mean, not much. I even saw Inhumans, which was painful. But. Uh, in, well, I was going to say, I didn't like the way Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. dealt with the Inhumans storyline, but then I saw the Inhumans series and I was like, oh no, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did a great job. <laughs> because in humans was awful. Yeah, like I don't even. It, it is just like it's you know film school student. I'm, yeah, I'm, shit. You know that'll that'll the Inhumans will be the only Marvel show that I'm not. I just I I just don't want to watch. It sounds terrible, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. I'm you just you not can't do them. something like Inhumans on a a tiny budget. The good thing, or one right. of the good things about the characters that they have in the Defenders is you can do them on a smaller budget because there's not that much crazy powers. Really, there's only, you know, Danny's glowing fist, you know, CGI powers, and that's it. But the Inhumans, they're they're all completely wacky powers. That's the point. You have, like, butterfly people and people who are doors and, (laughs) you know, hair that's alive, and you can't do it on a tiny budget where you have to every week be like, oh, the reason that we're not CGIing this certain character is because they got knocked out or they are asleep or whatever. Oh, what a shame. They just... They yeah, just yeah, they get yeah. out of having to do her hair. Yeah, they shave the hair. They were just yeah. coming up with excuses for not to have the characters use yeah. their powers. Like, yeah. one of them gets yeah. amnesia, mm-hmm. and it's it, you can't do it. Like, you need yeah. to do it like a Guardians of the Galaxy or something. You can't mm-hmm. do it on that budget. It's crazy. Um, Speaking of, uh, we spoke about um, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well, Uh, and speaking of uh, Coulson, um, because Coulson, I don't know if it's definite or if it's rumoured about him being in Captain Marvel uh, movie, but it would make sense, obviously, because it's a flashback. Um, but that yeah. has finished filming now, so that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I want a trailer, please. Trailer! I know, I'm so looking forward to that movie. Um, I cannot I mean, it just wait. Seems like they're totally going into a completely new direction, mm-hmm. which is so I'm actually going to, me and my friend and another friend of ours, is, uh, we're going to go and see Ant-Man and the Watch tomorrow night. Um, but we were just talking about how interesting it is that they are, you know, every single different franchise that they have, they are doing something different with. Like, mm-hmm. if it, you know, if comedy works, then they play up the comedy. If it works to go kind of deep and dark, they do that. And I think that's what they're going to do for Captain Marvel. But I'm, like, really looking forward to it, even based on just, like, the tiny little nuggets we got so far. So I'm just excited we have a female character that is a brawler in the movies. I mean, we've got Jessica in the show, but, you know, one that isn't a psychic or a sneaky spy, one that can punch Captain America, you know, and he yeah. probably won't be able to take it. That's what I'm excited about. I want because we're missing that kind of female character. Um, yeah, so I'm excited. And also, Captain Marvel loves cats, so she's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then one last bit of news is that um, oh, a couple of bits. Sorry. Uh, one was that the Defenders, the Punisher, and Jessica Jones season two were all nominated for technical Emmy awards. I haven't got the exact yeah, details, but that's really cool. And then one last bit, Charlie Cox was interviewed recently and he said again that he would love Daredevil and Spider-Man to interact, but he can't see how it might happen. Yeah. Which is great news that he wants it to happen and sad news that he can't see how it would happen. So. No, it won't. It won't. 
yeah. Well, yeah, well sure. Daredevil can't see anything, so. Yeah, he definitely can't see how it would happen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so. <that> was <laughs> it's all right. It wasn't as bad as my M- Mariah earlier that Mariah's getting ahead in business in this episode. <laughs> <sighs> So guys, this is the episode you're getting today. Yeah. Me and Tammy are the pun twins this week. Yeah. Oh dear. So this Defenders, week. Uh, sorry, Defenders was nominated for the best theme song, which I can't remember right now. So I can remember, you know, pretty much every other show, but I can't remember Defenders. I can't or remember Punisher. Defenders one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't either. Yeah, I just remember the imagery from The Punisher, which was just guns. Yeah, it was just gun porn. <laughs> it would look like one big ad for guns. That well, we all. remember the uh, the imagery from the credits for The Defenders because they're, they're made out of the maps, and because of the placement of the map, you remember Danny looked like he had a giant handlebar mustache, which was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Uh, Okay, well, this week we are covering episodes four and five of Luke Cage season two. Episode four is I Get Physical and episode five is All Sold Out. So, Mm -hmm. as I always do, I'm going to pass to Tammy for some Tam Jam information. What's up? Okay, so, um, yeah. So, as far as musicians this week, or on these two episodes, for the episode four, the main singer is Christone Kingfish Ingram. He is only 18 years old. He's amazing. He is a blues prodigy. He's been um, doing blues since I think he was like 14 or 15, like publicly. Wow. Uh, and he sings in this episode, Thrill is Gone, and I Put a Spell on You, and I love both of those songs so much, yeah. so that was yeah. pretty great. Uh, in that episode, we also get uh, Nandi singing a song from Dreamgirls, which I didn't understand why we're getting her singing at all. I was just like... Mm, I don't okay. know if the actress I, I, is a singer, or I don't know. She had a good yeah. voice. Yeah, that's fine. I just, I'm not too impressed with that character or interested in her at all. So (laughs) maybe that'll change as the series continues. I would think so. But like right now, I'm just like, "Mm, whatever. Uh, (laughs) And we actually get Ghostface Killer already in this episode. Um, He wraps behind the fight scene with Bushmaster at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and as far as reggae, we get Hypocrites by Bob Marley, which I was excited to have Bob Marley in one of the episodes, featured in one of the episodes. I wonder if any um, other connection to Bob Marley will be in the show. <laughs> hmm, I'm stroking my chin and thinking about it. Hmm. <laughs> like, I'm just like, when is any other Bob Marley connection going to come up? Because it would just make sense. Um, there's not too much music in episode five but who cares because we have ghost <laughs> in episode five which is again another wu-tang clan connection which is <laughs> a ridiculously large part of this show now tammy and, did uh, you did you like squee to yourself and, and I cheer did, i did i thought you would and um he's rapping at the party uh the sure shot which also is featuring adrian young who's the composer for the show yep and it includes lyrics such as Black Superhero and The Immortality. So, pretty pretty good rap. And it's an existing chose. song, which is quite cool. It's not Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, there's there's your tangents. When they, um, I'm just checking on um, Antonique Smith, who plays Nandy, and she does have albums out. So she is a singer okay, as well, I guess. That's, okay. So well, that that's why sense. they have her singing. Maybe that they should have just had her in Harlem's Paradise singing, and that was it, because... 
don't really care for the character. <laughs> Nandi <laughs> is the new Inez. Yeah. <laughs> she's the new I Inez for Tammy. Yeah, she's just super boring to me. Like, there's just nothing interesting about her. And I just feel like she's, she's like this weird block for Misty that's mm-hmm. unnecessary. You know why? Because Misty doesn't have an arm. That's her big block of the season. Like, <laughs> getting past that. Like, yeah. you don't need Nandy. It's just pointless. I don't know. Again, I, I agree. I've only seen five episodes, so later on, <laughs> there's a lot more to come. But for right now, I'm just like, all right, yeah, yeah. With, for 30 seconds should be up with this episode already. <laughs> with the Ghostface Killer Cameo, I have to say, they announced um, some of the music artists for this season a long time ago. And they announced that like certain people were going to appear, and one of them was Ghostface Killer. And obviously, I didn't want to say anything to to you yeah, guys. I didn't yeah. want to ruin it. But I was saying to friends of mine, I was like, I hope that Luke is just like somewhere, like in a convenience store, and he just bumps into Ghostface Killer, <laughs> and it becomes like a recurring thing through the season. So like season three, he's out shopping, and he just bumps into RZA, you know, and it's just like, oh hey, and every season he's just bumping into a different. Remember Wu-Tang? It would be awesome. I just, I I love it because he's so, like, not, like, I mean, obviously we'll talk about, when we talk more about Luke, but it's just, like, he's so, like, not impressed by Ghostface killing him (laughs) because he's friends with Method Man, and Method Man made a rap about him, so he's just kind of like, yeah, that's Ghostface Killer. Whatever. <laughs> it's like, I mean, what? He's singing a song, but it's not about me, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I love it. It's great. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for the Tam Jams, as always, Tammy. No problem. And, uh, so... My we're gonna... job here is done. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye, Tammy. So, episode four of Luke Cage, I Get Physical, was written by Matthew Lopez and directed by Sally Richardson Whitfield. Oh, and, I love her. Oh, what's she done? She's mostly an actress, from, but she's oh, really? she was on Eureka, which is one of my favorite oh. sci-fi shows, and oh, nice. she's been in other stuff too. But Eureka is what I mostly remember her from. Oh, cool. Uh, and the synopsis is as footage of his fight with Bushmaster goes viral, Luke struggles with the after effects and follows a trail of clues to Tilda's shop and <laughs> episode five is called all sold out this was written by Storks Ian Storks I'm sorry <laughs> but I had to write that because his name's Ian Stokes <laughs> and directed by Casey Lemons desperate to drum up quick cash for a lawsuit Luke weighs up an offer from a super fan Mariah invites Tilda to join the family business so let's talk about our boy Lukey Luke first um, so we first see him, like, it's basically the last scene from last episode, mm-hmm. except at this point we get a bit more DW and see that he's there filming it while Bushmaster, like, knocks the crap out of him. Yeah, he's not having a good start of the episode. No, <laughs> Luke doesn't have a good good two episodes this time. Yeah. yeah. You know. We also get Luke, like, walking sad, like... <laughs> Charlie the Brown? Hulk sad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was waiting for the Incredible Hulk music to be playing behind him. <laughs> then the hulk would like pop in and go hey that's my music (laughs) but but i still can't feel bad for him because remember this is right after claire has kicked him the fuck out because he punched a hole in her wall like a crazy person yeah Yeah, exactly so so i didn't feel bad at all that bushmaster kicked his ass (laughs) (laughs) 
I no, love it's almost um, like yeah. Go, Sorry, go no, like Luke seems very complacent even. Like when he talks yeah. to Bobby Fish. At first it's sort of like, you know, I don't know if he thinks he had it coming or it's just like, yeah, it's just one of those things, but it's it's almost like he's expecting bad things to happen to him at this point and that yeah. he's not even you know, he's he's feeling low enough that he doesn't even allow himself to feel, you know, sorry for himself. You know, he's just kind of taking it in, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I really like Bushmaster's fighting style here as well, because he's doing, like, I think he's doing, like, capoeira and stuff. Yeah. He's, he's so, cool. he's, yeah, I love, because it's, so, it's, it's hard to make, like, Luke fighting scenes interesting, because he is just, yeah. like, a, you know, a tank, you know. Um, so I like that they have this character that's... Uh, completely different to him that has a different um fighting style but can knock him out yeah. with a punch you know yeah that's really cool which really takes him by surprise because he's used to people shooting at him at him of course you know you know and the futility of it and he doesn't really have to do anything except use brute force and there's suddenly there's this person who can you know dance around him literally and you know throw punches that actually hurt so it's mm. kind of an interesting interesting wake-up call yeah, definitely. And I, I like when he's he's coming too, um, and people are like, I love the way they do the effects of him being concussed all the way through this episode. So when people yeah. are talking to him, yeah. you hear it echoing and like the noise they do when he turns on the lights later and it hurts his eyes. Yeah. Like, really, really cool use of sound. It reminded me of... Um, in uh, I don't know if Tammy, you would have seen this because I know you don't like gore. In 127 hours where... Oh no, I did yeah. not want to. See With that. the arm, and they they have to, they have to. It's a good movie. Yeah, they have to use sounds to, to show pain of like of him severing a nerve, and they do it really well using sound. It's yeah. so so good, and this reminded me of it. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Um, so... so how is Bushmaster hurting Luke or any our punches and kick kicks? Uh, well, I don't understand. He's got the power, Will, that I can't Just talk some about. herbal power or something. Yeah, it's from the herb. strong tea. So that's some really good tea. I need some of that tea. Yeah. <laughs> I can't talk about the powers, Will, because then yeah. I would have to kill you. Oh. If I was talking about the powers or something. Well, then don't. I like Will. I like Will, too. I don't want to kill him. <laughs> You do have to wonder, though, because, like, I'm always the one who's always, like, questioning the, you know, the powers and, like, the laws of physics and everything. And I, one thing that is kind of interesting um, is that, uh, you know, if Luke, I mean, there's that earlier episode where he's blown up, you know, mm -hmm. basically inside the trailer. And, of course, earlier in other uh, seasons and even, like, in Jessica Jones season one where he's inside the bar and it blows up and everything – and he escapes totally unscathed. And then you have this, you know, villain who just punches him and he, he gets a concussion. And that doesn't actually make 100% sense to me, you know, because even though they're thinking, oh, but it's force that doesn't rip the skin. It's just kind of, I don't know, you know, kind of mixing up his brain a bit. Mm -hmm. It's like causing his brain to vibrate inside the skull or something, which might be, you know, that might be the case. But an explosion would do that, too. You know, he would yeah. still be thrown against something and that would have the same effect. But I, you know, I just noticed that there's this big distinction here where somehow it is more painful to be hit by a really, really strong guy than to be blown up, basically. And I was, I was guessing know, that they, like, I, I'm guessing the way the writers are seeing it is that 
it's the same as in Jessica Jones season one, where Luke had the shotgun blast yeah. to the head, and yeah. that because it was, uh, you know, like wobbled his brain around or whatever it was, you know, and that's why he was unconscious. And this has done the same thing, like a. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, you're right. It doesn't make sense because right, yeah. the blast of the 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 explosion right. should at least do something like that as well. Yeah, because even if it doesn't cut his skin, it would still be you know a tra- traumatic impact against the skull and other you know yeah. But but okay, I'm not gonna nip. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little nip. Uh, yeah. Did uh, you guys cheer or cry when you found when DW tells Luke that Claire is packing her stuff? Um, I was it happy. made sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I was glad for her to pack her her stuff because yeah. I mean I felt bad that she feels she's the one that has to leave and be away mm-hmm. from him and just because she also knows he's gonna come back and mm-hmm. she doesn't want to be there for that and God it's it's a ter- it's a terrible situation that they're in. Yeah, not good. Not good relationship. Um, yeah, I don't know if I cheered, or, but I wasn't sad about it. Uh, from, no, you know I'm I'm okay with Claire leaving first of all. But secondly, uh, I just, I, she doesn't need this. She does not need mm. this. I mean, she I think this, I, you, you see it coming. I mean, from the first three episodes, it just like, it, yeah, it, it's uh, it's not a huge surprise anyway. DW is being a bit of an entrepreneur because he's now selling DVDs or whatever, <laughs> Blu-rays of Luke's fight with Bushmaster. I was thinking, what? who's going to buy those? They can just go on like wherever and watch it on YouTube. Yeah. He's got it in HD. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and then she uploads it in like a yeah in standard F, and then it's yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, SD, and then like you know black and white or something, and then you have to be buy it to get the full color. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so next time we see Luke is when he rushes over to Claire's mum's apartment, and we see the hole in the wall again, and then he's told that. Um, the apartment's being sublet and yeah. she's left a little note for him and he reads it and we're guessing it's bad news because he looks all sad. Yeah. I do, I like this, like, uh, the lady that works at the apartment complex and she's like, yeah, you need to go. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> like, I know who you are. I know. <laughs> she is not, she is also not impressed by Luke. <laughs> I love it when Luke tries to impress people by going, I'm Luke Cage. It's like the Jamaican yeah. men last week. They're just like, yeah. We know, and we don't care. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I think it's great. I love it. Uh, so he then meets Misty to show, um, she's going to show him the secret file on uh, Bushmaster and then invites him along to the warehouse in Brooklyn to check out what's happening. Yeah. Um, we're guessing they've had Mardi Gras because all the costumes are gone. <laughs> I know, those costumes are just, like, they're weird. Yeah, like... <laughs> the first episode, I'm like, what's that? Like, it's almost like one of those, like, 1960s, like, Silver Age comic books where it's like you go to an actual store to buy your costume, even though you're, like, a superhero. Yeah. And they've got all these, like, you know, like, really trippy costumes. <laughs> was that when, like, Daredevil was disguised as... Wasn't it, like... Matt was disguised as Mike Murdoch yeah, being disguised, disguised as Thor, Thor or something. Exactly. Yeah, and he yeah. wore a Thor costume. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> I hope they do that in the show. That would be hilarious. <laughs> I don't know how they ever would, though. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so she guesses what happened with Claire, and um, and then he 
a bit sneakily asks if he can stay at hers, and she's like, uh, hell no. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, yeah. no, no, thank you. Yeah, no, no, I, no, no. I love all these scenes with Misty and Luke together. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've got so, great chemistry. So great. I love yeah. that they're just friends. They're like bros. Yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's it's great. I love I love their friendship. You know, and they just respect each other, and they've slept together in the past. But it's not, you know, that's not a thing. It's not an issue. You know, she's not jealous yeah. of Claire, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be oh, very right. easy. Yeah, she says something along the lines of, like, that they were good together. Mm -hmm. And she's sad about them not being together, but, you know. It would be very easy to make it into, like, a love triangle thing. And I'm glad Mm -hmm. they didn't, because I hate love triangles. Yeah, especially since uh, Misty's also friends with Claire, as Mm -hmm. seen in, like, the previous episodes, where, you know, they're supportive of each other, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, so this is when uh, they go into the warehouse and they find this um this little herb pouch from mother's touch and they smell a body in the other room and they mm-hmm. open the door and find a headless body and luke's just like i know you need a reason to call it in so just say you are following me yeah. but i love that misty's like technically going by protocol where she's like oh no i hear oh, voices yeah. <laughs> i better open the door oh yeah that's great <laughs> that was so funny <laughs> And then, of course, she has him do it, which is so, like, okay, so he goes along with you. I, yeah, I know. I just love how they're, like, playing. <laughs> but, but also, he, if he's, uh, you know, he's at police, too, you know, yeah. originally. Yeah. So both know. So I think it's also kind of like their interplay is, like, they're playing at being cops when they're kind of off-duty sort of being cops. I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. so hard for me thinking about him being an ex-cop in this, because I think because yeah. we never saw him as a cop. I just automatically think of him I don't know like I just I don't think of him as a cop I do think it would have been better with the origin of him in the comics where he was you know like a bad guy and then he sort of turned his life around and became you know Luke Cage and stuff um yeah but I was when she was like oh you were a cop I was like was he oh yeah (laughs) I guess he was (laughs) I, I just never remember that um and then in the uh, when the police come to remove the body from the warehouse, we meet Thomas, Misty's old friend who works for Brooklyn PD, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and they discuss the Yardies, and um, who are now going by the Stylers. I th- I knew you would like that, Tammy. <laughs> I love Thomas. And we find I out. Like, I I thought I couldn't like a name more than the Yardies. <laughs> and we find out that. Um, that uh, Bushmaster used to be a baby styler, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> He's a baby styler. Oh. <laughs> and we find <laughs> we find out his uh, real name, John McIver. Mm-hmm. John John. Uh, and uh, this is when they talk about the owner of the warehouse being detained by ICE in Jersey. Um, his name's Gideon, and Luke is feeling woozy, so Misty sends him home. Uh, but before, not before reminding him that he can't crash at her place. Yeah, come pick up your bag so you don't have an excuse to go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I wonder if he was thinking that. He's like, well, I'll leave my bag there and then I can yeah, go yeah. to Missus and then I can crash. I can give her puppy dog eyes. And then I think we next see him when he's sitting on the uh, on the train or whatever, looking all sad, reading Claire's note. We don't get to see what the note says because I don't think we really need to. I think we're sort no. of on her side. Yeah. yeah. 
It says I'm always signed up for six episodes this season. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Got to go and film my cameo in uh, Daredevil 3 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope she will be on The Punisher at some point. Because I think Rosario Dawson said like she really wants to be on The Punisher because then it will be like completing the set. She'll be on all the yeah. shows because she hasn't been on Punisher. But I don't get why she would be in Punisher, you know? doesn't seem to be like a reason for her to be in it. Unless he has to go to like, where'd she go? She went to, to Havana, right? Yeah, he goes to Havana. Yeah. And she yeah, bumps into him there. She's like, oh man. Yeah, I really can't get away from people with powers. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, so Luke goes to Tilda's shop um, and uh, he goes to her shop to ask about the little herb bag. And when he goes in, his the light hurts his eyes. And uh, they're getting a bit flirty. Uh, yeah. Tammy and Will. I mean, uh, I said Tilda is uh, pure goodness. Yeah, maybe she'll be good for Luke, you know. Well, I just thought like, oh yes, Luke is so sad. Let me flirt with this girl in <laughs> <laughs> this store when I'm trying to like find information out. But she's also like stroking his arm oh, and yeah. flirting and. But know. he's all good with it. He's oh yeah, all good he loves it. it. <laughs> and he's like really like happy to tell her his entire origin story. <laughs> It's like, Luke, calm down. It's oh. all about him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she gives him, like, a little drink, and uh, it makes him feel better. Um, so he's feeling he's feeling a bit better now. Um, and then we don't see him for a while. I think the next time we see him was when he's asleep in the chair at Pops, and Bobby enters, and, uh, and it's goodbye to Bobby for now. Yeah. Which makes sense. I'm sad to see him go at this point in the show. Yeah. But it makes sense because we're kind of stripping everything away from Luke. You know, yeah. he hasn't got Claire now. He hasn't got Bobby. He, he's kind of lost a bit of trust in DW, I guess you could say. Like, he's not going to have Pops for longer, much longer, because it's, uh, you know, it's it's going. So it makes sense for him to go. But I'm like, oh, Bobby, no. Yeah. Yeah. And I like his note where he says his daughter called Bobby her hero. And Luke must feel like that every day. <laughs> and I was thinking, no. <laughs> There's not many people that go to Luke, you're my hero. Like when he saves them. I guess there is like people falling over him though. Yeah. I don't know. And then right at the end of the episode, Luke is served court summons. Like late at night as well. It's late at night, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering if that guy wasn't like kind of waiting for him. Lurking outside, he's just like, I'll let Bobby tell his little story and then I'll go in. <laughs> It'll be a bit awkward to interrupt in the middle. <laughs> uh, so, first scene of the next episode is Ben Donovan representing Cockroach against Luke and a certain little lawyer, Christine. Who's that guy? Oh, it's a little foggy. Well, I don't know if Christine's there. I think she might have uh, run away because she was so excited about Foggy being in the episode. Oh. <laughs> um, were you guys excited to see Foggy? Yeah. I love him. You know, I didn't even realize it was him until Luke broke the table. I guess my attention had kind of drifted away for a second. And then when he did that, I, like, looked over at his lawyer. Like, his lawyer must be, like, pissed off right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Foggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also his hair, as every season goes on, his hair gets shorter and shorter. Yeah. He'll you know. be bald by the time Daredevil <laughs> season five gets here. And then he'll be the new kingpin. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, they basically come up with this deal that Luke has to pay $100,000 to uh, Cockroach in 72 hours or he could go to jail uh, again because Cockroach is being all like, my eyes are sensitive. Oh, I'm hurting. <laughs> I broke my arm. I'm a sad sack victim. You know. I like when he thinks he was quoting Prodigy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luke corrects him. It's so funny. <laughs> Luke is like so over Cockroach. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. So I love it. It's great. At um, this point, I'm like, call Danny. Just call Danny. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Yes, like he'll be like, "Can I have a hundred thousand dollars?" And Danny will be like, uh, "That's what I spent on my last pair of shoes." So sure, because that's like <laughs> no money to me whatsoever. Like Misty's arm cost less than that, you know, or more than that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, and I like that Luke tries to fix the table, <laughs> but he's just like, "Yeah, mm, no." <laughs> I think he even has that piece upside down. <laughs> I, I think he does. <laughs> I'm oh, trying to imagine people watching this that didn't watch Defenders or maybe they just watched, maybe they only watched Luke Cage and <laughs> they didn't watch any <laughs> of the other shows. Like, how lost are they right now? Yeah, you kind of wonder, like, you know, if it would be easy to follow if you didn't watch all the shows. Like, some rely on others, you know, on the other shows more than others, but it would be interesting to know. Um, so, Foggy... I love when Foggy suggests that Luke wears a mask. <laughs> Particularly after telling hilarious. telling Matt off for so long. Oh, I love it. And Luke's reaction, his line, I mean, it might be someone's quote, so I won't say it, but it's just like, uh, no. Oh, it's so good. So Luke heads back to Pops and he's unpacking the stuff from Claire's and he gets a call from Foggy with the possibility of a high-money personal appearance at Tammy's house. And he says yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just would, bring him on over. Yeah, just bring him on over. Um, yeah, and then Misty arrives at Pops, showing off her new arm, and tells Luke that uh, Gideon has said about Bushmaster and everything. Um, and even, you know, she mentions about calling Danny for the money, but Luke says, nope, I'm going to get myself out of this problem. And I love this little montage you get of Luke calling various people. It's great. It's, it's so good. Great. His face is hilarious. And I really want to see that show of, like, Luke Cage fighting a honey badger. <laughs> <laughs> I love he's like, you can buy a honey badger, can't you? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and the, the season finale of that show is him fighting sharks. That's he's great. fighting sharks. And then I was kind of thinking, what else is he going to fight? And I was like, like a tiger, like... But maybe they'd start even smaller, like, fighting a gerbil, you know? <laughs> like, it would just be hilarious. Oh, so he decides to take uh, Foggy up on the offer, potentially. Um, and when we next see him, I think is when they're going to go and visit Piranha, aren't they? Yeah. They go to the the Luke Cage Hall of Fame. This is what I, your house looks like, Tammy, yeah? Exactly. I didn't... I, I just did not expect Piranha to have all this Luke Cage stuff. Yeah. It was so crazy and creepy. <laughs> it's so weird. And it was one of those, the lock he broke at the warehouse earlier. I think I it's just it's a, a lock that. he's broken. I don't know if it was okay. the one at the warehouse earlier. But, like, the bullets were from Christmas Attics. The car door, I think, is from season one. Like, the gun, the destroyed gun might be... Oh, no, they said that was from Christmas Attics. And I thought maybe it was the gun that he destroyed, you know, with uh, Method Man. 
And I love that the Seagate uniform is fake. Um, but, you know, no one, uh, it's a complete fake because it's uh, yellow, not orange. Uh, apparently, Christine is, is talking, but we can't hear her. No. And I did. Like, wait, when was the last time you heard me say something? Oh, before Foggy. Oh, really? I yeah. Was like, yeah. Like, foggy and like, no, no, no. Oh, okay. You know, go I, for I, it. Go I, for I, it. Okay. I'm glad that Foggy's back. Let's do a quick Foggy recap. Um, <laughs> yeah, you were, you, were, you were mentioning how funny it is that, you know, he points out that Luke should be wearing a mask and, um, yeah, and I just, uh, I think it's an, yeah, and you were talking about how his hair keeps getting shorter, and then I was, you know, thinking that it's going to be interesting to see maybe, in, you know, future seasons or whatever he's in, to see, like, maybe what kind of personal growth or, like, what he's been up to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, all this time, and maybe what he's doing at his law firm now, but I think it's it's fun that he's, uh, you know, gone into kind of specializing in, because he's represented Luke before uh we know that from like defenders and stuff so it's interesting to see like how he's maybe specializing in people with powers yeah (laughs) he's the lawyer version of claire perspective (laughs) to relate to uh he can relate to that you know that scene so to speak so that's funny yeah no it's true i i want to know what yeah what foggy's i hope we find out what he's been up to in between Daredevil season two and three, and not just oh he's been working as a lawyer, you know, like it's like yeah. no his best friend died, like yeah. what was the impact of that on him, you know? Yeah. Basically, I just want everyone to be mourning Matt all the time. Right. Yeah, me too. But I love his like the scene you just mentioned with Piranha where he's like being all creepy and stuff, and and Luke's like it's a bit creepy <laughs> if I, like, in a good way. <laughs> so much like smooth things over, and it's just uh, so funny. But still, you know, Luke is way smoother than he is, and yeah, yeah, funny. I love it. And I um, all these photos of Piranha in the background. There's like one of him with Mariah, obviously, but then there's one of him with Bill Clinton and one of him with Obama. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He's so creepy, though. And his book that's on his desk of from his dad, which is, why should white guys have all the fun? <laughs> <laughs> and also in that font. I mean, just like that yeah. book just screams. It, oh, it's, uh, it's very cheesy. Weird. I love it. <laughs> so, and then we find out that Piranha wants Luke to wear the bullet-ridden hoodie that he wore to Christmas <laughs> Attic's. And when he said, I'm not wearing that, and put thing down, I was like, oh, is he going to wear, like, the Power Man outfit from the comics? Because that would be amazing. Yeah, but then I was yeah. like, there's no reason for no, Piranha to, like, make him wear that. But it would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's just got a little tiara in there. <laughs> the tiara and, like, the yellow shirt that he wore for, like, what, 20 minutes or something? Yeah. Like, that's what he's <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so Luke puts on the, the hoodie from Christmas Attics and is not pleased about it. And then we see him at the uh, the party, arriving at the party. We've got his face killer. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. And Adrian Young. They've been playing um, music by Adrian Lung, uh, Young lately on yeah. um, uh, Jazz FM, um, nice. like one of his tracks that's quite mellow. It's really good. I want to check out his, uh, his new album that he and... Um, uh, the other guy has, has done whose name I can never remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, they've got a new album out, which I want to check out. Uh, so Piranha does a little lap with uh, with Luke and um, makes Luke put the hoodie up, obviously, because it's iconic. And these absolute douchebags ask yeah. if Luke's tougher than the big green guy. 
And then one of the guys smashes a bottle on Luke's back. Like, what yeah. the hell? Like, yeah. Oh, they're such idiots. I know. Yeah, I think it's. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's kind of hilarious, though, that the guy's, like, super excited that Luke picked him up. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I might have that in my quotes, because it's ridiculous. Yeah. I love it, what he says. Um, yeah. And then, <laughs> later on in the evening, Piranha is telling drunk stories about him and Luke, like, taking people out together or whatever he's saying, and they're calling them the gruesome twosome, and I was like, is he saying that... He's, like, fighting these guys alongside Luke to these ladies. Yeah. <laughs> Such an idiot. Yeah. Um, and then he takes these ladies upstairs and asks Luke to guard the stairs. Right. And we see, and I think, yeah. we see Shifty yeah, McGee staring at Luke from the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just interesting with, like, this entire, like, setup for Luke where, um, I mean, it's, I guess it's trying to make a point about celebrity and how... Mm-hmm. On the one hand, you're this like sort of, you know, adored, venerated person, but you're also public property yeah. in a way. And I think this whole episode just really highlights that where it's like everybody wants a piece of you and you become a commodity. Mm-hmm. Uh, even as much as you're, you're an idol, uh, you're idolized for you're also a, a commodity. So it's like kind of you lose your humanity a little bit. And I think it really it's an interesting just um, uh, investigation of that phenomenon. I love how much they talk about Luke being famous, you know, like he's, yeah. he's the one that has, that is known, you know, in the public persona. Well, Jessica as well to a little bit, but not as much as Luke. And I love that they, you know, they incorporate all this stuff like Twitter and there's an app and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. With him. It's great. It's so different to like, you know, like all the other characters. I was going to say maybe Danny, but Danny's not really hiding his identity in season one. Yeah. I mean, he tells everyone, he's like, oh, I'm the Iron Fist, by the way. Shut up, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, particularly with Matt or, you know, someone like that. Um, yeah. I just, I, yeah, this whole thing is hilarious with Piranha. And then I, I had in my notes, I'm like, oh, this is his first job as a hero for hire. Yeah. <laughs> he just does kids' parties. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Shade says about, you know, about hiring him for his nephew's party or something. That's so funny. Yeah. 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 Um, So Shades arrives and they want to sort of know why they're both there and everything. And then Piranha takes the stage and offers people the chance to to shoot Luke with a gun. So crazy. What the hell? Yeah. Oh. You wonder where he it would go, like if they did that, and then it would be like, you know, you do what I tell you. Right? Who wants to throw a grenade at Luke? Who wants to do this and that? It's like, oh my word. Well, so, and we learned, like in what I don't know if it was last week, whatever, one of the episodes that we've already seen, where Luke, like, he can literally just like ricochet the bullets off of his body. Yeah. I feel like this is not safe for people to no. shoot. No, that's what Luke is pointing out too. So yeah, yeah, he that, yeah. Um, and that's when the real firing starts and Shady Dude is shooting at Luke. Um, Shades manages to take him down. That was cool because we don't see Shades doing yeah. stuff like that that often. And Piranha is kidnapped, but Luke manages to leap onto the car like a... <laughs> like, I don't even know what, like uh, Spider-Man or something. Um, yeah. And rips the door off and rescues Piranha and, uh, and then doubles the price in order to protect him. So he yeah. is now yeah. a hero for hire. Yeah. Hooray. Hooray. <laughs> no, but yeah. I love that. 
like he's already decided, I think even back at the office when he was with Foggy, they were negotiating the price. And he's like, you know, he's already at the point where like, if you're going to sell out, you know, you might as well go for it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Uh, Any other notes on Luke? Mm, I don't think so. Um, Oh, I did want to say about Luke. Um, I don't sure. know if you noticed, but I was at that party with Ghostface Killer. I I went up to Luke, asked for a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the one that he took the photo with or the one he just it, ran away from? <laughs> oh, no, the, the one he took the photo with. So I have uh, it, you know, I'll post it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that other girl, like, because that girl goes up to him quite shy and he's like, oh, you know, can I have yeah. a photo? But the other girl just just like, hey, and he just <laughs> runs away. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, let's talk about Misty next. Um, so, yeah. So, because Misty, there's quite a lot of stuff going on with her. Um, although she's not in the first episode for a while. I think the first time we see her is when Luke meets her and they look at the file and everything. Um, so, I mean, we've really sort of spoken about that quite a bit. But again, I love that Misty is just not letting Luke stay at hers. And I love that yeah. they don't have any romantic, you know, stuff between the two of them. It just makes me happy. It would just be too too lazy for them to do that. Um, so when Misty uh, finally has Gideon, who is the owner of the warehouse, uh, she's asking him all about Bushmaster. And we learn a bit about him. Uh, we can put... I guess Bushmaster in as well with this. So we'll talk about Misty and Bushmaster, I guess. Um, Because Bushmaster's not in these episodes that much. Right. Uh, So we learn about Bushmaster that um, he he grew up with uh, these guys, Gideon and Sheldon. Gideon was like an uh, older brother to him. And there was a Nancy who was uh, an older Bushman, who we obviously have met a Nancy, and he told yeah. uh, he told uh, John Bushmaster all this story all about the man on top of the hill and the man at the bottom of the hill, and uh, that we also find out that Bushmaster says that his mother and father were wronged by the Yankees. So, well, actually, we'll probably talk about Bushmaster a bit when we talk about Mariah and they have their meeting, and um, that will probably make more sense. But uh, are you guys like, what do you think about finding more stuff about him in this episode? It's good. It, I mean, it, I guess it. Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say that it humanizes him because it's still sort of, uh, you know, sounds pretty psycho. But I mean, you can still, you you get some sense of what his worldview is. Mm-hmm. I guess you know more than. I mean, where he, where his mindset is more than where his heart is. I guess um, at this point, but yeah. yeah. I almost feel like we heard. You know, we heard the story about the man on the hill and all that stuff, and uh, and we. Obviously, we can see which one Bushmaster was and is mm-hmm. now becoming, but it just makes him seem so like, like he, they used that whole thing with his parents or his grandparents or whatever, but I'm just like, I don't, I don't feel like that's enough motivation. Like, I think he's just doing it for himself and using his family as an excuse because mm-hmm. he, he <coughs> wanted that versus he's trying to get revenge. Mm. Yeah. So that you, you feel like there needs to be something else to it. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's like, it It makes him kind of still, like, I don't know, like, before I saw him more fleshed out, whereas now I actually see him very one-dimensional. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's weird. <coughs> Sorry. It's alright, see. So as in, as in he just wants uh, revenge? Yeah, and that's, that's sometimes kind of boring, especially, like, you know, 
that worked back in the day, but we've got a lot of good shows and movies out there where, especially with Marvel films and TV specifically, where it's like the bad guy has so much going on Mm -hmm. that we kind of empathize. And I don't need to empathize with Bushmaster, but I just feel like, all right, so he's just doing this out of revenge. And I think he's only using the name of his family. It doesn't even seem like he really cares about that. Like, I think he just wants to take over Harlem Mm -hmm. because he feels like it's owed to him somehow. But it's, I don't know, it's not not interesting enough, I think. Okay. We shall have to see if it, it changes at all. If something else happens. Mm. So, Misty, we next see when... I think it's when she goes to the precinct and she sees this letter from uh, Rand. um, Mm -hmm. And it's this little thing that says, you know, some people run away from the fire, some people run towards it or something like that. And we see some blueprints for a robot arm and I was clapping and cheering and I was so, so, so happy. Um, Although, in retrospect, I do wish that it had taken longer for her to get the robot arm. Or there was more of a struggle with it because she adapts this robot arm really quick. I was going to say more more of the latter, like, you know. You're thinking, well, when they talk about, I guess that's, I mean, the next episode, but it's like, oh, it's not like blue, you know, like Bluetooth, but it's like, yeah, you're kind of making it out to be exactly like Bluetooth. It's like, it needs to be hooked up and like calibrated. Oh, no, you're fine. Um, When, of course, it would make much, much, I mean, much more sense for it to be just, you know, something you have to struggle with a little bit before, you know. And she only uh, struggles the once when she's opening the drawer. And that's more because the fingers, I guess, won't fit and stuff, but... Yeah, she doesn't really struggle with it at all. One thing I reacted to, this is just like a little minor thing, but when it's mm-hmm. like the letter and the blueprint and everything is from like Danny and Colleen. Yeah. And I'm thinking, did they send out Christmas cards together too? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> when I first saw it, I was like, is this a wedding invitation? That's what, what I thought. <laughs> I just find it bizarre that Misty Knight is reading something and it's from Danny and Colleen. Because I'm just so used to Misty and Danny being together, you know. Sorry, Will, I interrupted yeah. you. I, saying, I think I have the opposite opinion. I kind of wish she had gotten the arm sooner, and I'm glad that she didn't struggle with it more. I would have been happy, I guess, if, you know, season premiere, she's already gotten it. She's already gotten used to it. Because I guess I know that's where they're going with it. So mm-hmm. held season, I guess, three, four episodes previously she's struggling with, well, not necessarily struggling, but dealing with not having an arm. And like, okay, just let's get the arm already. <laughs> let's get that arm on already. Yeah. And I, I love they, they, they um, send her a little blueprint as well of, like, the arm. And it's just, like, it doesn't show how it works or anything. It's, like, yeah. no, so it's like, not really a blue, it's, it's just like a sketch, a, a concept yeah, sketch. Like. It was, like, a sketch <laughs> of the arm. You know, I, I, I was like, how does that become real life? <laughs> Danny drew that. Yeah. <laughs> They're not saying they can build this for her. They're just like, hey, come and see us when you're ready. And she goes to see them and they just take her out for dinner or something. Like, And they're like, oh, did you like yeah. the drawing of the arm? We thought you'd like it. Maybe one day you'll have an arm like that, but not today. <laughs> it's just like, oh. Danny draws anything and it becomes a reality and it just throws oh billions he's at Penny it. Crayon <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys know what that is Penny Crayon is a cartoon of a girl called Penny Crayon and she had a crayon and whatever she drew on the wall became reality 
I would love it. Yeah, Danny's isn't through any kind of... It's not through his chi magic. It's just through his money magic. (laughs) (laughs) True. Well, I hope that he draws some shoes next season so he has some shoes. Oh, that would be great. Because the boy needs to wear some shoes. Which is why I thought it was funny that you brought up that, you know, that's... Or who said that? Was that Tammy? Or who said that... um, that's what he spends on shoes in a month. And I'm thinking, well, well shoes yeah. is not what he's, you know, mainly. Yeah, true. On. <laughs> that's true. It's probably what he spends on uh, iTunes downloading hip hop or something. <laughs> on his super old iPod. Um, so, so she's got the, the thing like that. So, and I, I like that moment where she sort of sits there and she's sort of like, okay, you know, and it's, it's kind of nice. Cause it's like, she's, sort of going, okay, well, this is going to be the next step of my life. You know what I mean? I like the way she plays it. Um, I'm so glad she didn't tuck it away for a few episodes and then, you know, come back to it later. Oh, maybe I'll take them up on this now. Mm. Yeah, because, like, even when she goes to uh, the warehouse earlier in the episode, I was like, it wouldn't make sense for her to, like, tuck it away when she wants to be doing stuff like, you know, going investigating places where she has to wear a bulletproof vest. You know, if there's yeah. the opportunity, she could have... Because also, it's not like it's just she's lost an arm. She's lost her dominant arm. Yeah. So how well is she going to... I mean, yeah, she can spin her gun like uh, like whoever, but how well is she going to be able to fire a gun with her other hand? You know, it's, it's not easy, I say, knowing nothing about guns. Uh, so next time we see her she's testing the robot arm and everything and like Christine said they sort of say oh it takes ages to calibrate but you know next scene it's kind of all fine Um, she sort of what if there's a montage of her breaking stuff (laughs) that would be so good (laughs) picking up stuff and just breaking it like, it actually uh, reminded me, like, the way she's got issues, like, you know, pulling on the door and everything. That's more a problem. That's more like the problem that, like, Ben Grimm of the Fantastic yeah, Four, yeah. Like, the thing, <laughs> where it's like he will, you know, he will be clumsy because his fingers are so big and just, like, they can't, you know, he can't pick stuff up that are, like, too small because his fingers aren't, like, dainty enough. <laughs> so, He's got big more, granite fingers. Ben Grimm kind of problem, yeah. Yeah. But she does all right later when she has, like, the key to the evidence locker and stuff. You know, like, she's doing fine. Yeah. Um, so then we get into sort of the main bit of um, Misty's episodes, which is when we get these flashbacks when she's reading the file on uh, sort of Cockroach's arrest and everything. And I asked you guys, I think, like, last week about Scarf, and I was like, will we get any more mention of him? And I think you guys were like, nah. And we get him back, and I'm so happy, because I love Scarf. I don't know what I said, but I, I figured we'd see him, but I figured he'd be present day, like him in jail or something. He's dead. He's to dead, him. Will. Oh, he's dead. Oh, I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad. It'd be weird if he was present day, they dig him up and ask him questions. <laughs> I forgot that he died. Yeah. 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 They buried him with his secrets and <laughs> dig him up and get all the answers. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of have two minds about Scarf, and I think, I guess, maybe Misty is too. Because on the one hand, he he appears to be, in his relationship with Misty, to be this fairly sympathetic character. But at the same time, he killed Chico. You know, yeah. like, he's human scum Yeah. in a lot of ways. Like, he's really, you know, he betrayed people. He betrayed people he loved, and he betrayed Misty. And I mm-hmm. think even back in, like, season one, I was thinking about how... Um, 
how quick she was to forgive him. Like even, of course, he was dying, so maybe you want to forgive people when they're dying. But, but um, considering, you know, the the magnitude of what he'd actually done to her and other people, it would be like you really want to forgive this guy? But I mean, I like getting some more insight into like what the relationship was like when, when they were, you know, working together. So mm. that was a good scene. And also the, a little bit more on his kid and how the kid died and everything. And, and how that's, much he, that's what, yeah, that's what makes a good bad guy. Yeah. Cause we, we see his, his many sides, mm-hmm. even in these short little clips of flashbacks. Yeah. yeah. But, but one interesting thing about that flashback was that, um, uh, because I think in season one, when Misty uh, tells everybody else that, you know, something happened to him after Earl died and that that made him sort of turn to the dark side. Mm. Um, and uh, but here you get the sense that this already begun before Earl. And then when Earl dies, he sees that as his uh, punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's interesting that he probably was already a bad, you know, um, a bad cop. Or a dirty cop, so phrase um, before Earl died. Um, yeah, that was interesting. And I love like when they play that moment where he's talking about that that perp, and he kind of like jokes about planting evidence and stuff. Oh, and I love that. he's so serious face because you could take it the way because I think the actor's really good in this role. Um, yeah. And you could take it as it is just him joking, even mm-hmm. you know even if he he does do this, which you know that he does anyway. You know, plant evidence. Yeah. Um, you know, he's crooked, but he could be just joking or he could be like testing the waters. You don't know. Like you honestly don't know. And he plays yeah. it like it could be either way. And I, I love mm-hmm. that. I think it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Because I saw it like him testing the waters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's so crazy. Uh, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, guys, how many times have you done that? Right. Like, yeah. hey, let's do something illegal. Oh, you're not into that. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> Well, the uh, insight into hey, Tammy's dark past there. Let's go running down the sidewalk naked. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, last time we see Misty in these episodes is when she breaks into Cockroach's apartment and is thinking about planting the evidence. Because um, she goes to get the evidence from the locker, she gets a Judas bullet. Um yeah. And she decides at the last minute to not plant the evidence, puts it back in the evidence bag, but then notices a giant pool of blood on the floor leading to Cockroach's headless body on the couch. Yeah. How is she going to call this in? Why is she going to say yeah. she was there? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> she got herself into... Mm-hmm. I was just following... I was just, you know, checking up on Cockroach's... Yeah. Yeah, like I was checking up on Drea or whatever. But presumably Drea isn't there because she's still in the hospital, I guess, because... Yeah, but she could... Misty could easily say she didn't know that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But the whole scene, of, the whole sequence of her, you know, flashing back and then deciding to take the Judas bullet and then going there, I was like, don't do it, Misty, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Misty, you're too good. No, you'll never be a daughter of the dragon if you do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I love this whole thing with Misty. I really liked it. And um, uh, Matt was due to guest on this week's episode, was, uh, but wasn't able to. And he asked me specifically for a good Misty episode. So that's why I chose this one for him, because I thought he would like uh, that. First of all, she gets her arm. But secondly, we get all these like little flashbacks of Scarf mm-hmm. and stuff, because um, I think it's really cool. 
Matt, see, listen, what you're missing out on. That sound is Matt crying. <laughs> oh, Matt tears. <laughs> oh, Matt tears. We'll sell them to the gypsies later, <laughs> as we do with Matt tears. Uh, so, next, let's talk about. Um, we'll talk about like Mariah, and we can include like Shades and Comanche and Tilda in that because they're all kind of around Mariah, and that should be like the last of it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Uh, well, actually, do you want to say anything about um, about Nandy as well, Tammy? Sorry, Nandy <laughs> and Bailey, because we didn't cover them when we talked about Misty. There's nothing to cover. There's like <laughs> literally nothing to cover. Really, I just wanted to hear you rant some more. So <laughs> that, that was it. There, there's nothing to cover. Um, as we get started on Mariah and everyone, just because we didn't mention it with Tilda, and I feel like we'll probably jump right to Mariah stuff. Um, we see her at the beginning going through her her big mm-hmm. uh, briefcase of old books. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? She has so many books out, but these are special books because they're in a briefcase. <laughs> it's still there. I mean, it's or a, a luggage case or whatever. It's like still in the shop. Like you could just hide those books at the bottom of the bookshelf. Yeah. <laughs> but no, she puts them. Maybe in the they're all case. like bad books. You know. And she's, I guess, it seems like she's trying to get together all the stuff that Bushmaster had taken, and uh, she real remembers the last thing, which was Nightshade, before mm-hmm. um, uh, Luke walks in. So yeah. I was like, oh, what are we getting at here, guys? Well, she says her ca- her character's name from the comic. She's like, oh, I think I'll call myself Nightshade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, all right, all right. no, that's all right. No, no worries. So we first see Mariah when uh, she's meeting with Piranha, uh, with Shades as well, and they're talking about the investment in Atreus on paper is now worth $350 million, um, but there's a few yeah. little details to sort out, and Shades is sceptical of invisible money, which I think is a good thing to be sceptical of. It's like, you can't yeah. see it. How do you know it's there? Particularly Piranha, he does seem a bit shady. Yeah. Not, yeah, you know. And we find out that Piranha has power of attorney, including over Harlem's Paradise, and Shades is yeah. not happy about this. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Either. Yeah. Yeah, that that seemed weird to me. Like, what is, um, what do they have on Piranha to make sure that he gives, you know, he gives that power back? Because, I mean, they're giving him power. They're giving him a lot of power. Um, and, like, what's, uh, you know, what's their hold on him? It's crazy because it's all, yeah. like, um... Mariah really trusts Piranha just because they've known each other a long time, but mm-hmm. I'm like, that's yeah. not a reason to trust somebody. Like, yeah. I don't understand. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah she, she should read more comic books. And she <laughs> <laughs> like, watch not a, a good movie. idea. Like, any right, movie. Yeah. Just watch a movie. Any work of fiction anywhere. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> humanity. Yeah, just anything. Yeah, and uh, Comanche runs in and shows them the report on Luke's fight. Um, and Mariah is not happy about that. She is not happy about Comanche running into the office and says if he does it again, she will, like, cut his balls off and use them as dice or something. Something yeah. like that. Um, so this is when Shades tells her that Bushmaster took over the Yardies and he wants to take over Harlem. And he says that he believes that Bushmaster is here for... Mariah, because of her reaction when he said Bushmaster's name, yeah. which she does kind of react, and obviously we see that mm-hmm. there's something there later, even though she denies knowing him. And Shade says a really creepy line, which I might have in my quotes. 
because I was like, <laughs> like their relationship just creeps me out. Yeah. Um, and once again, Shades, uh, Comanche thinks that Shades is pussy whipped by Mariah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't say that, but in so many words. Yeah. Um, in the next scene, Mariah's on her laptop in her office, and I just have to say, I love that her laptop matches the table. I was like, that's really classy, Mariah. I love it. It's like this beautiful, like, brown colour that matches the table wood. Yeah, isn't it, like, rose gold? Because I was thinking about it, because it's, so nice. it's a um, MacBook, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, she's got it at the rose... I think it's called, like, rose gold or something It looked like, like brown like or something color. to me, but, yeah, it was... No, I think it's, it's pinkish, and then I think it's kind of reflected maybe off the table. Now. Oh, that makes sense. Bronzy. Yeah. I was just admiring the fact that it, like, matched the te- the desk. I was like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> Life goals. <laughs> um, and then Comanche and her have a little bit of a face-off. He wants to help with the piranha deal um, because he thinks that she's getting scammed. But she's not really having it. And we're probably like, why? Why does he want to help? And maybe we'll find out in a bit. Um Mariah is also, while uh, there's the singer in the club, she's looking at these old clippings of Harlem's Paradise. And we see a picture of the uh, the Bushmaster rum in there as well. And that is when uh, Tilda is looking at Bushmaster's receipt. Um, and while um, Shades and Mariah watch the act in Harlem's Paradise, this is when Bushmaster enters and shakes Mariah's hand and... Mariah offers him Bushmaster rum. So that's when we realise where the name came from. And this is the first time I realised that Bushmaster has a tattoo behind his ear. Um, ah. But I don't know what it's of or anything, or if it's the actors, or I, I don't know. But um, I, I, it doesn't come up, I don't think, in the show. But I just thought that was kind of cool. Uh, uh, Claire, I know a different podcast, but what the fuck with Mariah's dress in this scene? <laughs> <laughs> what was her dress in this scene? I don't remember. I don't remember. It's like... I remember a- her yellow dress later. It's, okay, first of all, I, I don't know if it's the actress or this is like a character decision, like from the costuming people, but she is always wearing flats. Always. Yeah, yeah. No matter what. Um, which is fine. At least they kind of match with her clothes, but it's like some of the things she wears, I'm like, that's not, like, wear something else. Like, that doesn't go with flats. <laughs> um, but this is like a pale maybe pink colored dress. It's hard to tell because of the lighting. Mm-hmm. But it's like Almost off shoulder, but not quite. Has huge bell sleeves toward the bottom. Oh, I don't remember it. It must be pink because her earrings are these cheap ass pink glitter earrings. Oh yeah, I remember the yeah. I do remember the earrings. Oh god, oh, it's, this whole look is just—it's not good. And then I know she's wearing flats with it, so it just irritates me. <laughs> Maybe she always wears flats, so she's looks more tiny but she's intimidating you know she's she's kind of always looks smaller compared to well, I mean, it could, like literally it could be as much as even maybe the actress wants to wear flats yeah. you know like it's whatever but i just think like but there are a million things to wear that look good with flats <laughs> and I, this dress is yeah you have to go back and look at this dress usually really. she dresses really nice as well like i like her yellow outfit yeah. later there's a there's an outfit, I think, in episode two that I forgot to bring up, and it was, like, this black dress she wore with these big bows on her shoulders. Oh, I don't remember <laughs> that one like, either. What wackiness <laughs> is she wearing? I think I'm so busy making notes as to what's happening, I don't pay I don't attention to that. the fashions. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Tammy's always no, paying attention, attention to the fashions. To, like, when she's wearing 
when she's wearing white because she looks excellent in white like yeah yeah it's a striking look for her i love all her white outfits i like her in the yellow though later in this episode like yeah. she's got this really Most cute stuff, like, yellow outfit. Like, it's been like just like one episode as we record that mm. i'm just like what is this why are they putting her in this it makes this her look like a I house <laughs> We want to know about what, what Will thinks of the women's fashion on this show. <laughs> yeah, I don't notice the fashions as much on the show. Yeah, not on this episode. At least, um, I think Shay's dresses pretty nicely oh, sometimes. Yeah, he dresses. He dresses. His suits are like super tailored. He don't oh care. yeah. He's Even a... though he's super shady. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this really like hilarious interview with like it was him. And Alfred Woodard and um, oh uh, yeah, or at the, time, the guy who plays Bushmaster, and they were joking about like, so can you wear sunglasses now? And he's like, no, 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 I, I, I can't. Like I, for the rest of my life, I can't wear sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> sunglasses on. Everyone's like, it's great. It's become such an iconic look that it's, uh, you know, it's almost like he's parody. It's a parody of himself, you know, when he's got the he's got sunglasses on. So not everyone can uh, wear sunglasses, yeah. and he wears them very well. You know, they don't suit everyone. He's just creepy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, he really is. Their relationship is so creepy. Oh, yeah. so um, oh, it's so incesty, and I know it's not incest, but oh, it's just ugh, creepy. And it's weird. very mother son. It's really yeah, <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, so this scene where they're chatting about stuff, I love when he's talking about like listening to the blues and hearing the ancestors and all that. I just I just thought that was really cool. Um, we find out about the Bushmaster rum and that both men who know how to make it are dead and only two men knew how to make it. And uh, she says that uh, her grandfather, Buggy, Buggy and, um, and Mama Mabel uh, created Harvest Paradise. But he mentions Quincy McIver as well. Um, also, can I say that dress is terrible? I'm looking at it now. It's horrific. <laughs> I don't know how I didn't notice it before. Oh, it's not good. And those earrings, I remember. It doesn't fit her. Like, yeah. It's one thing that the dress is just ugly, but it does not fit her. And it's and the weird. earrings don't match it either. And no. it is, and doesn't... Cheap. And it's not a Mariah dress. No, not at all. Mm. Yeah. I like when she's wearing something that actually fits her. <laughs> and... And, like, even if she wears things that are a little shorter, I think she looks great in this. Oh, and yeah. I think part of it is because of the fact that she doesn't wear heels. So since you're, like, closer to the ground, you maybe... And she's not, like, this tall woman, you know, that she, she should... Things that are shorter look better on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I just have to repeat, um, Bushmaster has such pretty eyes. I love yes. his eyes. <laughs> I'm just looking at them again. Uh, so... Uh, so the, the first time we see Tilda in the second episode is when she and Alex are meeting Mariah at the clinic. Is Alex flirting with Tilda? He's being a bit flirty. He's like, ooh, you look gorgeous today. Mm. I was like, Alex, yeah. no. Uh, and Mariah reveals her wall of awesome black women. Yeah. Which I, I like, like it. it. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they talk about the Stokes Empire starting in a whorehouse, just like Jazz did. And Mariah wants Tilda to be on board as the medical director. This is when she's wearing her yeah. yellow outfit as well, which I love. It's so pretty. It's interesting 
to see how Mariah spins Mama Mabel when she's talking to other people. Oh, yeah. We've seen her just, like, sit and drink and really talk to Shades, who she's completely honest with, and just hates her. And And talks to Mama Mabel's photo as well. Yeah, and talks to Mama Mabel's photo. (laughs) And and then she she does things, like, that would spite her. Mm-hmm. And, like, so how much she hates her, but then, like, anytime she's talking to anybody else, and especially with Tilda, like, spins it like Mama Mabel was this great person, and she just took care of her people, and she's the reason why she's doing all this. And mm. it, it's so crazy to see, like, how easy she can lie. Yeah, it's... I think it's it's because it's, it's such a big part of, um, you know, she needs to wash that away. For her, for the sake of her own reputation, and yeah. I think she really needs for that public, public image, to be acceptable to other people. Yeah. And so she, yeah, she makes Mama Mabel fit into this, even though she's, you know, it's like putting a square pig in a round, yeah. whatever the peg goes. <laughs> 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 like, uh, yeah. 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 We we know we know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. the moment when. Um, uh, obviously, she lies. Mariah lies to Nandy and Bailey about Mark Higgins, and Tilda totally knows and notices. Yeah, you know, and because Tilda is is a bit naive, like she is trusting Mariah, and that's when she's like, "Oh no, hang on." You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's around this point as well that we find out that Ray Ray is missing. You know. Know who Ray Ray was? I was like, so Ray confused. Ray was in the previous episode. I, I know, think. but I oh. I feel the same way. I was like, who is Ray Ray again? He's just a big dude, <laughs> I think. Just, I know they're like so many henchmen just yeah. really, you know, hanging around the periphery that it's like, wait, who is this again? I think <laughs> I mean, he's just like this like, big to remember. Oh yeah, stands, you know, but yeah. Ray Ray is like, hmm, uh, yeah. Well, so even like watching this, like I watched those early episodes like three times at this point, and I'm like. Hmm, I need to make a point of <laughs> Everyone's favourite character, Ray Ray, is missing. Our favourite character. <laughs> um, I, one... And I like that his name is Ray Ray, or they just call him Double Ray, which yeah. just, it was hilarious. I was like, oh, okay, I mean, I guess. It doesn't but... shorten his name, it makes it longer, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, more like, syllables in it. Like, how yeah. do you do the, like, the double rate? Yeah. 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 And this is when Shades decides he's going to go to the party um, to find out what's going on, you know. Um, and Ray Ray is still not answering the phone later when Shades tries to ring him. And Shades is suspicious that Ray Ray is talking to the cops. And he asks Comanche to go and find him. And then Shay yeah. gets a text from his mama to meet that night. Yeah. And that, that's, but that's when, like, when Jace was looking for Ray Ray, I'm like, what, who is he? I, it's not like, like, last season we had Zip. Yeah. Zip yeah. was awesome. Yeah. And we had Tone. Yeah, we had Tone, we had Zip. And I'm like, I don't know who Ray Ray is. Why do I care where he's at? <laughs> but he's missing, Tammy, he's missing. Yeah. Wouldn't it have been hilarious if Ray Ray only appeared in the first episode and he's, like, been missing for three episodes and nobody noticed him? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know who Ray Ray was, but I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but what about little Ray Ray and Ray Ray, Ray Ray, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Ray Ray? <laughs> you know? Oh, Mrs. Ray Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mrs. Ray Ray. Oh, dear. So, um, so Tilda's obviously really angry at Mariah that he that she lied about Higgins. 
And this is when Mariah's just like, yeah, this is the truth. I blackmailed him. Big deal. (laughs) (laughs) And Tilda walks out. It's kind of my favourite thing. (laughs) I love that she's just like, yeah, here you go. Whatever. Well, I mean, she tried for so long, you know, a whole episode and a half to lie to Tilda. Like, that's enough. She's like, it's like lie, lie. She's like, I I can't lie. No, I have to tell the truth to Tilda. Oh, dear. Um, So Shay goes to meet the captain. And this is when we find out that he is giving the captain info. He's a mole. That's not your mother. Yeah. <laughs> what if it was? Oh. Yeah, what if we just saw Comanche in scenes with his mom? <laughs> or what if what if the captain was no, his mom? Yeah. What if the captain was no, his baby, mom and he had surgery? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not my mother. Yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> That's a different story altogether. Oh, yeah. And uh, the captain tells uh, Comanche's just like, hey, I'm doing the best I can. Why don't you just get info from everyone's favorite character, Ray Ray, if you want it so much? <laughs> and even the captain is like, I don't know who the hell Ray Ray is. Yeah. <laughs> the captain is the audience. <laughs> I thought Misty was everyone's I'm favorite character. Google, a, Google an image of Ray Ray. Ray Ray, uh, yeah, I just love the things like I don't know who Ray Ray is. I like putting my nose. I don't either. <laughs> who is he? <laughs> so then we finally get to the opening of the Shirley Chisholm complex. Tilda is watching, and it's all very dramatic. And and Mariah triumphantly opens the doors, and I bet Tammy <laughs> screamed because there's gore. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah. It's like the grim grinning ghost heads from the haunted mansion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, my note was, I assume one of those are Ray Ray. <laughs> I believe one of them is Ray Ray. So I believe we are looking at the heads of Ray Ray, Nigel, and Mark um, Higgins. Higgins on spikes. Yeah. yeah. Did, was it Nigel or was it Cockroach? Where's oh, Cockroach. cockroach. Oh, no, because, yeah, it was Cockroach, not Nigel, because Nigel's yeah, head was Nigel, in the back. Nigel was <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, Nigel's head was in the back. There's too many heads to keep track of. (laughs) Where are all the heads? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Cockroach, um, Mark, and Ray Ray. So, presumably they're all linked, but I'm guessing, I mean, we don't know why Ray Ray's linked, apart from he worked for Mariah, so fair enough. And that was the ending of that episode, pretty much, for Mariah. Uh, Any notes on Mariah and Tilda and everyone? Yeah, I was gonna say I love Tilda's reaction. It's that actress does it so good. Yeah, like her being so shocked and overwhelmed by seeing these heads. Like she, she is amazing. The newscaster behind her is just kind of like, oh. <laughs> was it Tembe? I'd love it if it was Tembe. No, no, it's just some random reporter. <laughs> but but her reaction is great. Nice. Yeah, I really like. Um the actress who plays Tilda. I think she's really good. I was going to say, I don't like it earlier when Tilda's like, that's why I use stuff from the ground so I don't leave an imprint or whatever. And I was like, yeah, but they're probably, you're using ingredients. There's of course going to be an impact, you know? Of course there will be. So I don't know. She's just a bit, a bit hippy dippy for my liking in some of the the things she says. (laughs) I don't don't know. Anyway. Yeah. I have to say, I just, 
need to mention, I just Googled the actor who plays Ray Ray. I'm looking at his picture, and I still can't remember seeing him on the show. <laughs> yeah, he was in one of these episodes. He was only in one Yeah, he was in one. It's like, yeah, you... I think, like, Shades... Like, like Zip last season, like, I immediately just see his face, you know, like, I yeah, his face yeah. immediately. And Ray Ray has no staying power. You know, he's doomed in Hollywood. I'm sorry. He still has my favorite line, which, which was, what's poppin'? Yeah. <laughs> I've got a feeling that Ray Ray, I think oh, it's... Like I, th- <laughs> I think Ray Ray um, is guarding the door, and Shade says to him, Get, help Mariah or something, and then he's like, where the hell's Comanche? I told him to look after Mariah. That was Ray Ray. Uh, yeah, he went to, to see his mother. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, yeah, his mama. His mom called. Yeah. There's a lot of Rays in this episode, or in this show, because we yeah. had Arturo El Rey Gomez, and then we have Piranha, his name is also Raymond. Yep. I was like, why are there so many Rays? <laughs> I've just rewatched Tilda's reaction to the heads, Tammy, and you're right, she does it well. I like Alex's reaction, though, because he kind of gasps and puts his hand on his heart as if to go, oh, scandal! <laughs> <laughs> Which you know I'm always a fan of. So, that was the episode, guys. Do you want some tasty, yummy Easter eggs? Okay. We finally have an age for Misty Knight. I know it's not something we were worried about, but if we were, we finally have an age for her. Because Misty says that she was five when Tyson lost his first fight, and that puts her age at at roughly 33 years old. So, there we go. Oh, wow. That was... Oof. Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been trying to figure out how old the actress is, like, but she doesn't have her age listed in her IMDb profile because I looked. Because I'm always trying, like, they're so weird with the timelines in these Marvel shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, really weird, you know, within the show. So a lot of these references are probably not going to... I've also been trying to figure out, like, how old is Mariah? How old is so-and-so? And uh, um, so... But, I mean, I guess that seems reasonable. She she seems a little bit older to me, though. Me too. Than 33. You know, she, yeah, yeah, more like 38, 39. More, yeah, she seems yeah. a little more mature, but I guess yeah. she'd been on the floor. She's she 36. Like, so young. The actress life. is 36, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm older than she is. Uh, yeah, so am I. So am I. <laughs> same, Will. We all are. Same. We're all super old. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Um, so other bits so they mention about being dead or frozen in ice which is a reference to Captain America I can't remember actually says that though Um, obviously Luke and Misty compare her each to Sarah Connor and or Ripley uh, as a reference to Terminator and Alien Um, in the comics Misty Knight's bionic arm was designed by Stark Industries not uh, Rand Enterprises but in the issue of uh, issue number 264 of Uncanny X-Men, the character Forge, who's sort of really into gadgets and stuff, revealed that he also worked on the designs. So I like to imagine that like Tony Stark phoned him up and was like, hey, Forge, buddy, uh, come and work on these designs, which is kind of weird. Um, and then the last one, uh, they talk about the big green guy, referring to the Hulk, Um, But they did a good point about this on Den of Geek, where I got these Easter eggs from. And they said that this um, uh, series would have taken place, uh, the timeline of this series would be before Infinity War, which is when Hulk returns to Earth. So at this point, the Hulk would have been missing from Earth for 
a, a couple of years probably and um, the fact that they say big green guy rather than Hulk probably means that he's not as recognisable to the general public as someone like Iron Man, Captain America, mm-hmm. um, you know. So Thor and, and the Hulk are probably less recognisable. And the fact that they say big green guy rather than Hulk is, I think, quite a good point. And um, sometimes before they've said it really vaguely, you know, like the, the shield bearer or whatever, which I think is kind of silly, like call him Captain America. Everyone knows who you're talking about. But with the Hulk, that makes sense to me because he's this guy that was this thing that was on earth was super destructive. Nobody knows who he really is. They just know he's, he's, yeah. he's this big green guy and he's been missing for a few years. So yeah, call him the big green guy. Yeah. Uh, right. Now it is time for quotes. Christine, do you have any quotes? Um, I forgot to do the quotes, but one quote um, I'd like to mention is the one that uh, Comanche's, uh, um when he's um, confronting Mariah and he says something along the lines of, if you can't explain the scam to a seven-year-old, you're, you're probably the one being scammed. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty good one. So I'll throw that in the mix. Uh, but Sweet. I forgot the, the quotes. I'm sorry. If I, that's I, okay. I that was a good one. Ton of them because it's, this is a very quotable show. Oh, uh, so many quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have one between Mariah and Shades, which is Mariah says should we be worried and shade says no for once we didn't do shit i love that <laughs> uh will um says uh luke goddamn cosplay shit yeah <laughs> oh, i love it it's so good Speaking of which, okay there's the, the, the foggy quote too where it's like i need to get superpowers of course it's also like, yeah it's very short, but get the point. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Tammy Tams? I have um, Mariah. History remembers kings and queens, not flunkies. Oh, so harsh. Harsh. Uh, I have one from uh, Comanche, which is when Shades is leaving to go to the party, and Comanche says, Tell Jay and Puff I say, What up? I love that. <laughs> 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 um, I've got a Luke quote. I won't do porn or escort. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. That was my I know. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> I don't like this line from Shades to, to uh, Mariah, which is, I would burn in hell for you, mama. You know that. Oh. I was like, oh. 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 Starts a whole gross scene between the two of them. Yeah, it's just, oh, like, oh, it's so creepy. I hear uh, voices in distress. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got a Chardonnay that'll melt your face off. <laughs> <laughs> I've got quite a few for this episode. I'm looking, I'm like, oh. Yeah, I got, bitch better bring my money. <laughs> oh, I love that. Better bring my money. I've got Piranha at the party when he's bringing Luke up to the stage and he's like, don't you just love him with his superhero ass? I was like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've got, got uh, oh, go on, go on. Go ahead. I've, oh, I've, I've got, got cockroach. Uh, oh, go on, yeah. I, yeah. I thought I was getting mauled by a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, cockroach. <laughs> he's such an idiot. <laughs> and I've got uh, one by the the awful um, guys <laughs> that break the bottle on Luke's back at the party, which after Luke goes, they're like, one of them's like, Peterson, you are an animal. That was insane. You gotta text me that. I was like, oh my yeah. God. 
They're the worst. Oh, any other quotes? Uh, let's see. I don't. I don't have a quote, but I just like that when Scarf and Misty were talking, that they called that lady in the um, oh the, yeah, the lady in Big Leg Meg. Yeah, <laughs> I want to know why she's called Big Leg Meg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what's her story? I'm gonna have a flashback for Big Leg Meg. Oh, <laughs> yes, please. Find out all about uh, her. I also have a DW. He said, he made Diamondback look like Ben Carson. Yes! <laughs> oh, I forgot that. <laughs> oh, um, sleepy, sleepy Ben Carson. Uh, Ripley, Sarah Connor. Yeah, yeah. that was cool. Well, I thought you'd like that, Will, as a Sarah yeah. Connor fan. Yeah. Also. Yes. She's making a comeback, right? I mean, like, there's a new... Uh... They're doing yeah, the new movie, so yeah, good. but I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, she's in it, isn't she? She's in training, and she looks badass, even though she's she does look badass. I'm excited Mackenzie Davis is in it, because I have such a crush on her. Oh, she's hot. She was in um, Black Mirror and Blade Runner 2049 Home and stuff. Home Catch Fire. Home Catch Fire, she's really hot. Uh, so I'm excited. I think she might be a Terminator in it, I'm not sure. Um, so, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't know. I haven't been reading much about it. Um, anyway, so now it's time to rate these episodes. So, uh, Christine, do you want to go first? You can rate them individually. Okay, Fred, what's the scale? Uh, between one and ten. Oh, okay. Um, well, um, the fourth episode, I mean, it doesn't pack the same punch as maybe the one before it, but it's still, like, it's a good kind of gets us where we need to go. I'll give it, like, a 7 out of 10, and um, I would give the uh, fifth episode 8 out of 10. Nice. Maybe 8.5. Ooh, okay, 8.5. Cool. Is that lower? Hi. No, that's no, high. That's good. What? We're insane. And, no, it's and honestly, it's very arbitrary. So oh, yeah. Whatever you want to make. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, you just broke the system. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> like, uh, you, threw it. you threw off the curve. You yeah, can't yeah. possibly have that number. No. Uh, Tammy Tams, do you want to go next? Sure. Um, yeah, I actually, both of these are to me they're both good um but i felt like the beginning of both of the episodes were slow and then they like picked up pace at the end and then it was slow and then it picked up pace at the end which i guess if you're binging the show that's probably really what you want mm-hmm. because you want to kind of have it an impact at the end so you want to get to the next episode like this episode is like yeah i want to know what happens next where you know we've got luke as a hero for hire we've got the three heads you know all this stuff but, like, the beginning of the episode was like, meh, it's fine. It's fine. Um, so I gave the first episode 8 out of 10 sketchy robo-arms. Um, <laughs> I really did like Luke and Misty together in that episode. That was, like, my favorite thing. And Bushmaster and Mariah. Like, the team-ups in the episode was good for that one. Yeah. And I gave um, the next episode 8 out of 10 creepy shrines. Creepy shrines. Nice. Yeah, I loved. I did love seeing Foggy, but then it kind of was dull in the middle for me, and then it got you know good at the end. So yeah, no, I I know what you mean, uh, William. Yes, I, I agree. Both these episodes kind of had points in it where I was kind of like, ah, oh, this is you know why these shows shouldn't have thirteen episodes, but then they <laughs> both did have. They both did 
kept things around them that made up for that. I especially liked seeing um, Misty get her arm and you know go off with Luke, and I enjoyed um, I enjoy a lot of the Mariah scenes, um, even though she's yeah, she's Mariah. But in the first <laughs> episode, I'll give seven and a half out of ten uppercut kicks. Oh, wow. And second episode, <laughs> yeah, seven and a half of those. Uh, so, and the second episode, I'll give... <laughs> You'd be tired by the last one, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the um, second episode, I'll give eight out of ten uh, robotic arms. Nice. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, and, yeah, I really like these two episodes. I thought they were both um, really strong. Um, I loved seeing Foggy. I loved the stuff with Luke and Misty together. I like the Bushmaster Mariah meeting. Um, yeah, just a lot of bits I, I really liked in these. So I'm going to give the first one ooh, 8 out of 10 baby stylers. Because uh, <laughs> that's my favourite thing ever is he was a baby styler. And I'm going to give the next one, I have to give it more, the second one, because Ghostface Killer was in it, and and Foggy was being Foggy, and I loved it, and we got Grin Grinning Ghost Heads uh, on Pikes, and that was fun, and we got to find out what happened to our favourite character, Ray Ray. So I'm going to give it slightly more, I'm going to give it 8.5 out of 10 Honey Badger Battles. <laughs> so that gives episode four an average of 7.6 and episode five an average of 8.2. So we all pretty much preferred the second episode um, uh, or thought it was like the same, which tends to be the case with these. I don't know if you guys have noticed, we tend to like the second episode more than the first when we do two episodes a week. Which I think is interesting because now that we're doing like, especially the show, two episodes at a time, and I felt the same way with Jessica Jones, was like and I, I feel like it's because you're supposed to binge these shows that it's like, it's okay. Cause one show, one episode's going to kind of be more story building and then the other episode's going to be more exciting. And so it makes sense, but mm-hmm. you know, you, you can't tell it what you can't tell that when you're doing one a week or if you're just binging it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It just becomes more apparent when we're doing it like this. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, <laughs> Uh, for now, it is time for lovely feedback from our listeners. I have sent Will a email in the Skype from Sedna Yay. that starts, Have I missed something? Okay. Have I missed something, or does anyone else think it's a bit off that D.W. Griffin shares a name with the director of the KKK film Birth of a Nation? <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird. I don't... It is kind of weird. Oh, Wow. Yeah, I mm. Mm. Old school blues is one of my least fave types of music, but Kingfish's keyboard player is a fucking dude. <laughs> I don't Yay, remember the Rancor. keyboard player. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Rancor Bionic Arm. Fucking yes. Yay. <laughs> Has Claire gone for good? Do we care? <laughs> 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 who is responsible for spoiling a great character and wasting the undoubted talent and charisma of Rosario Dawson. I blame Iron Fist. Of course I do. (laughs) Bobby Fish, too? No. Mind you, he didn't have a lot to do this season. It's nice to have him leave in a way he did. 
family ties being a much being much a theme of this season and not get popped, heaven forbid. Yeah. Asshole white beater cockroach brings a lawsuit. Is it lawyer time? Oh yes, oh yes, foggy, yes, yes, foggy. <laughs> <laughs> well said, no, what's happening here? <laughs> um down with Humpty Hump and Ghostface. <laughs> Who's Humpty Hump? Uh, he's in Digital Underground. Oh, yeah. Fixing Luke up with a gig for Piranha, who coincidentally is a Cage mega fan. Something a bit I'm Alan Partridge about all the stuff in his office. Oh, that's a reference to a UK show, Alan Partridge. But oh, Foggy, mate, you better find out Matt's alive soon and get back with him, because you'll never be cool enough to hang with Luke. As it's safe to assume he escaped from the melee. I know, because I finished at last. So impressed with the season as a whole. I've seen plenty comment that it's the best Marvel Netflix so far, and I'm inclined to agree. Except my love for Daredevil Season 1 will always overcome. <laughs> Thanks, Edna. We know how yeah. much you love Season 1 of Daredevil, and, and so, we agree. I'm sorry. <laughs> so what if Foggy didn't get out alive? That'd be sad. <laughs> Then Matt will come back and and Foggy will be dead, and then Matt will not mourn for him at all, just like Foggy didn't mourn for him. <laughs> I'm not bitter. <laughs> oh, thank you, Sedna, as always. Oh, that's awesome. So that was our feedback. Thanks, Guy, or thanks, Sedna, I should say. Uh, that was awesome. So now it is time to close up this this episode, and thank our lovely guest, the charismatic Christine, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. Christine's vanished again. Oh no! Christine. Christine. Oh, yeah. Ah. Oh, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> we thought the internet ate you. Yeah, the internet's being a bitch today. Um, <laughs> okay. No, I, I. Thank you so much for having me. It's always, always so much fun. You know, talking about some yeah, yeah. stupid stuff. So uh, it's been great. And we have to discuss the trailer for Daredevil season three whenever that comes out. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. We're doing a special. Yay! Podcast. So excited! I, <laughs> I think did we do like two episodes of the last one? Like we were so excited or something? Or was that? Am I getting that mixed up with something else? Uh, it might be. Like it sounds like me. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's something I would do. Um, so do you want to plug your your blog and your podcast again? Uh yes. Well, the the blog primarily. Uh, the blog is um, up at a, you know eight hundred something posts, whereas the podcast is like five episodes that I did the last one two years ago. <laughs> uh yeah. My 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 blog is the other Murdoch papers, which is www.theotherburdockpapers.com, um, and it's a daredevil blog that I've had since uh, December of two thousand and seven. So it's uh, over. 10 years old now and it's uh um all about daredevil all the time and uh i've been kind of slacking off over the last year but i'm like back to blogging again now so slowly picking up steam again and um i go on vacation from work in like a week from now so hopefully i'll i'll have time to post a bunch of stuff you know uh with the next few weeks so um yeah so you know Feel nice. free to come by and comment. We have lots of uh, always, you know, lots of regular uh, visitors who comment a lot. So it's a fun site um, in that sense too. That's uh, got a big community around it, which is really fun. And I don't comment; I just lurk and read. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm always reading. Uh, did you want to mention about the book as well? I don't know what the latest is with the book. 
Oh, um, well, the book I'm, I'm working on, uh, it's very much just in progress. Like I don't have a published report or anything, but I'm, I've been, you know, um, slowly kind of working away at this, um, sort of size of Daredevil book that hopefully will, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll publish it one way or another. Uh, but then I also had, um, I co-wrote a chapter for, um, the book Daredevil and Psychology, um, that it, no, it's called, the uh, the devil, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the psychology, which uh, just came out this uh, last month. I need to so, still. Yeah, so it, I think it like they kept postponing the uh, digital release, like the Kindle release, um, but it should be up by now. Um, so I did that too. So that's what's been what's new and recent. <laughs> nice, cool. And uh, Will and Tammy, have you got anything to promote that's new this week? Um, we just recorded Calvici Fashion Cast, where we cover the, we discuss the fashions of uh, Quantum Leap, which is why I'm so on the fashions at Luke, not Luke Cage. But um, we just covered an episode that is bonkers, super wacky. <laughs> oh yes. my god, just bonkers, and uh, it's really kicked up a notch in season four, and I know it continues all the way through the end through season five, so it's just getting more and more exciting every week. Yeah, it's crazy. We love it. <laughs> Will, have you got anything new? No, nothing new. We recorded Spartacast, but I'm too lazy to actually publish it, so <laughs> it'll get there one of these days. Nice. Look out for that, listeners. Maybe <laughs> <be> by Christmas. <laughs> Cool. Uh, so we should mention what we're covering next week. And I've just put my notes away. Find my notes. Ah. So next week we will be covering uh, episode six, The Basement. As a wave of violence rocks Harlem, everyone races to connect the dots between Piranha, Mariah, Bushmaster and the grisly find at the clinic. And episode seven, On and On, reeling from the showdown on the bridge... Luke teams up with Misty to find Piranha. The hunt for the snitch heats up. Bushmaster reveals his endgame. And the hunt for the snitch is the golden snitch. Because they're Yeah, yeah they're going to bring in uh, Quidditch playing into uh, in Luke Cage. It's a twist that nobody really saw coming. Interesting. Least of all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's now time to close this episode out. We always close out with an Excelsior. So, uh, Christine, do you want to close us out with an Excelsior? Oh, uh, Excelsior! (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives, 3.0, Unported International License. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!